Loving Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the privilege of life. We ask, Lord, that your will will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And we pray that you will grant us the privilege of being instruments by which your will is done on the earth. As we come nearer to the end, as we hear of the promises for the blessed and the obedient, we long for it and we want to be among those of whom it shall be said. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Make us to be among such people, Lord. Work in us, Lord, to will and to do of your good pleasure. May the words which we will hear now from this devotion be spirit and life unto us. May it imbue us with strength and wisdom that we may be empowered to do your will. Put your words in my mouth, dear Lord. Consecrate me to your service and grant every one of us of your Holy Spirit that we may be transformed into your image, that the characters that we need to have may be put in us and the ones that need to go away will be taken away. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, August 27. Men's Decrees versus God's And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God, and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 12 verse 17 Through Esther the queen, the Lord accomplished a mighty deliverance for his people. At a time when it seemed that no power could save them, Esther and the women associated with her, by fasting and prayer and prompt action, met the issue and brought salvation to their people. The trying experiences that came to God's people in the days of Esther were not peculiar to that age alone. The same spirit that in ages past led men to persecute the true church will in the future lead to the pursuance of a similar course towards those who maintain their loyalty to God. The decree that will finally go forth against the remnant people of God will be very similar to that issued by Ahasuerus against the Jews. Today, the enemies of the true church see in the little company keeping the Sabbath commandment a Mordecai at the gate. The reverence of God's people for his law is a constant rebuke to those who have cast off the fear of the Lord and are trampling on his Sabbath. Men of position and reputation will join with the lawless and the vile to take counsel against the people of God. Wealth, genius, education will combine cover them with contempt. Persecuting rulers, ministers, and church members will conspire against them. With voice and pen, by boasts, threats, and ridicule, they will seek to overthrow their faith. By false representations and angry appeals, men will stir up the passions of the people. Not having a thought said the scriptures, to bring against the advocates of the Bible Sabbath, 
they will resort to oppressive enactments to supply the lack, to secure popularity and patronage. Legislators will yield to the demand for Sunday laws, but those who fear God cannot accept an institution that violates a precept of the Decalogue. On this battlefield will be fought the last great conflict in the great controversy between truth and error, and we are not left in doubt as to the issue. Today, as in the days of Esther and Mordecai, the Lord will vindicate his truth and his people. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Men's Decrees versus God's. You can simply put it this way, Men's Laws versus God's Law. This was the situation that Mordecai had to face. In refusing to bow to Haman, something that happens to him is going to happen to God's people today. The book of Revelation clearly delineates that God has a remnant people and what separates them is God's decree. Oh my people, please understand this very clearly. We live in a time of confusion among Christians. But God would have it to be made clear that in the last days his people are going to be separated as those that keep the commandments of God. That is, those that follow God's decrees, those that follow God's law. Revelation chapter 12 verse 17 talks of them and says, And the dragon, that's our key text for today, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with her seed. It didn't say those who performed miracles and signs and wonders. It doesn't call them as those who are prospering financially. It says and describes them as those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus or the testimony of Jesus. Then in the book of Revelation chapter 14 verse 12, once again they are described as the saints. It says, here is the patience of the saints. And then their description is given. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Also in Revelation chapter 22, reading from verse 14. Once again, we hear about them. It says, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. In the days of Mordecai, they were singled out by Haman, and Haman spoke very clearly about them. He didn't describe them just as a cultural people or a certain tribe, but rather he described what singled them out. And the reason why he wanted to exterminate them, that is the Jews in Revelation in Esther chapter 3, verse 8, it says, And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse from all people, neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's prophet to suffer them. This is what we are going to face. But the question is, how is it that Haman got to know about these people? In the book of Esther 3 verse 3 and 4, Haman didn't know about them and that is how in the last days, in the book of Revelation 13, we have already seen that in yesterday's devotion, there is going to be this globalism where the world is going to make laws, enact it and tell everyone to follow those laws. But there is going to be this remnant who won't follow it. How is the world going to know about them? 
not that they are going to see some rebellious people no there's a way the same way haman knew about mordecai that is how the world is going to know about this remnant let's just re- let's read it now esther 3 verse 3 and 4 it says then the king's servants which were in the king's gate said unto mordecai why transgressest thou the king's commandment now it came to pass when they speak daily unto mordecai and he hearkened not unto them that they told haman to see whether mordecai's matters would stand for he had told them that he was a jew hmm. we have coming very close to a time where we will like mordecai need to say i am a christian i cannot bow to the law of the state the bible speaks of a common crisis where once again obedience to god's law will need us to be disobedient to the law of the state what is this in revelation 13 verse 13 and 14 it says and he doeth great wonders that is the united states of america now which is represented as that beast in revelation 13 he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men but let me get specific it is not just united states in all it is protestant united states that is the churches and what are they going to do in verse 14 it says and deceived them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live what is the image to the beast great controversy page 443 down to 445 says page 445 actually says the image to the beast represents that form of apostate protestantism which will be developed when the protestant churches shall seek the aid of the civil power for the enforcement of their dogmas end of quote so there's coming a time when the protestant churches are going to use the state to pass their laws they'll pack i don't know how they're going to do it but Presently, as we speak, we have the Supreme Court filled with nine Roman, nine people, six of them Roman Catholics. And you see that even now, they are upholding the church's views. Why is it that the issue of abortion has been removed as a federal law? Well, let's be fair. The law does not support it. The federal law doesn't support it. But in the minds of the people who are promoting it what is really their reason is it because the federal law doesn't support it or because it is what their personal belief in the church only time will tell because a time is going to come when the churches will influence both the supreme court the legislature why do they need to pass the laws because they themselves are not in obedience to god's law because you can never use force to compel people to obey god if you need to use force then something must be wrong with you now i was talking earlier about how these people like mordecai are going to come into the knowledge of the world reading from spalding and megan page one paragraph five and four it says there i saw that the two horned beast had a dragon's mouth and that his power was in his head and that the decree will go out of his mouth then i saw the mother of harlots that the mother was not the daughters but separate and distinct from them she has had her day and it is past and her daughters the protestant sects were the next to come on the stage and act out the same mind that the mother had when she persecuted the saints 
I saw that as the mother has been declining in power, the daughters had been growing and soon they will exercise the power once exercised by the mother. This is what is called the image of the beast. That is when apostate protestantism repeats the same thing that Roman Catholic Church was doing, which is what? To take away the liberty of conscience of people and punish them for not following the church's laws. Now, how is it that they are going to know about the few people out there like Mordecai who are not following the law that was given by the state? They knew Mordecai because people reported Mordecai. Haman did not know about him. He was reported. So also, these few remnants who are going to be keeping God's commandments will be reported. Reading Spalding and Megan now, page 1, paragraph 5, it says, I saw the nominal church and nominal Adventists like Judas would betray us to the Catholics to obtain their influence to come against the truth. The saints then will be an obscure people, just like Mordecai was obscure, little known to the Catholics, but the churches and nominal Adventists who know of our faith and customs, for they hated us on account of the Sabbath, for they could not refute it, will betray the saints and report them to the Catholics as those who disregard the institutions of the people, that is, that they keep the Sabbath and disregard Sunday. Then, this paragraph 6 now, then the Catholics bid the Protestants to go forward and issue a decree that all who will not observe the first day of the week instead of the seventh day shall be slain, and the Catholics, whose numbers are large, will stand by the Protestants. The Catholics will give their power to the image of the beast, and the Protestants will work as their mother worked before them to destroy the saints. But before their decree bring or bear fruit, the saints will be delivered by the voice of God. Then I saw that Jesus' work in the sanctuary will soon be finished, and after his work there is finished, he will come to the door of the first apartment and confess the sins of Israel upon the head of the scapegoat. Then he will put on his garments of vengeance. Then the plagues will come upon the wicked, and they do not come till Jesus puts on that garment and takes his place upon the great white cloud." End of quote. This is a description of what is going to happen in the future. But what we need to be thinking about now is, where will I be? Am I going to be among those few people who, like Mordecai, will brave it out, who will not be a coward? who would have the courage to stand against the law of the state that is infringing on my law, on the law of God, will we brave it out? Or are we going to be among those who would fall in line with the system and go and do whatever they ask us to do even if it goes against the keeping of the commandments of God and then we would, through that, become enemies of the remnant and report them? Where would you be? You are already determining it now by the decisions that you make on a daily basis. If now you are already caving in, make no mistake, you are going to cave in then. Don't deceive yourself into saying, when that time comes, we will stand, which many people say to deceive themselves. If you cannot stand in the small crisis of today, is it when a law has been made to persecute and kill those who refuse to go, to go in, fall in line with the law of the state that you will stand? When there is a greater consequence, now there is no great consequence in obedience, you are falling. When there is a great consequence, what do you think you will do? You will run. You will stay in opposition to God's law to preserve your life. Unless we start today to be Mordecai, we will fail to be Mordecai in the future. Today, movements are being made 
to bring this about. We read in our Devotion Conflict and Courage, page 245, paragraph 3. The trying experiences that came to God's people in the days of Esther were not peculiar to that age alone. The same spirit that in ages past led men to persecute the true church will in the future lead to the pursuance of a similar course towards those who maintain their loyalty to God. The decree that will finally go forth against the remnant people of God will be very similar to that issued by Ahasuerus against the Jews. Today, the enemies of the true church see in the little company keeping the Sabbath commandment a Mordecai at the gate. The reverence of God's people for his law is a constant rebuke to those who have cast off the fear of God, of the Lord, and are trampling on his Sabbath." End of quote. Out of the nine Supreme Court justices in the US, like I said now, we have six of them as Catholics. Under the direction of the Pope, they are making the church's beliefs to align with the civil laws. Even now, as we speak, there is something called the blue laws in the constitution of the US and in even other nations in Europe like Austria and Germany, they have laws written down to prohibit work on Sabbath and to enforce that on Sunday, to prohibit work on Sunday and to enforce that people do not work on Sunday. Now, it will go beyond that and it will prohibit people from having another day of rest because there's nothing wrong in enforcing that people rest on Sunday. People who go in line with it, it doesn't go against God's command. But when there's a problem is when people's rights are infringed upon, forcing them to not keep God's commandments like to strike like they were trying to do to him Mordecai because God's commandment says he shouldn't bow and now a law was made telling him he must bow. So also God's people will be tried when they are told that it is not just that they should rest on Sunday but that they should also stop keeping the seven-day Sabbath and such when such is done then Mordecai must stand their ground and say no I will do what God's word says I should do. And how is this going to come about? Like I've said earlier, people are going to report and the, the, the legislators are going to do something. The dignitaries, reading from Great Controversy, page 592, paragraph 2 and 3, it says, As the Protestants reject the clear scriptural arguments in defense of God's law, they will long to silence those whose faith they cannot overthrow by the Bible. Though they blind their own eyes to the fact they are now adopting a course which will lead to the persecution of those who conscientiously refuse to do what the rest of the Christian world are doing and acknowledge the claims of the papal Sabbath. The dignitaries of church and state will unite to bribe, persuade, or compel all classes to honor the Sunday. The lack of divine authority will be supplied by oppressive enactments. Political corruption is destroying love of justice and regard for truth. And even in free America, rulers and legislators, in order to secure public favor, will yield to the public demand, popular demand for a law enforcing Sunday observance. Liberty of conscience, which has cost so great a sacrifice, will no longer be respected. In the soon coming conflict, we shall see exemplified the prophet's words. The dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 12 verse 17 end of quote. But what are God's people to do at this time? We have read it yesterday. They prayed, they fasted. That is what Esther and Mordecai and those who, the Jews who were in Shushan did. And that is what we are to do also. Pray at such a time because 
we have no other defense except in God. To put this lesson in perspective, I would like to explain clearly what is referred to here as the image of the beast and the mark of the beast. Okay, we've seen already the image of the beast or to the beast refers to that kind of apostate protestantism when the protestant churches start to repeat exactly what the Catholic Church did in the Dark Ages. And what was it they did? They made the, the, the law of the church to be the law of the state and then placed penalties on those who would not follow those laws which are of the church actually but were now made laws of the state. It is because of this that we have what we call separation of church and state. In the US and all over the world, there should be a separation of church and state. The st- Congress, like we read yesterday, should make no law respecting any religious institution. There should be a difference between the duty of man to man and the duty of man to God. The the laws of the state can punish things that have to do with man to man, our responsibilities and duties. But when it comes to God, the state is not to involve themselves. Every every opinion should be seen as equal by the state. No opinion is is to be seen as greater than another. But this is not the view that Roman Catholicism has. Roman Catholicism has the view that the laws of the state and this whole thing of liberty of conscience is to be viewed as a pestilential error. Dangerous. Reading from Great Controversy, page 564, paragraph 3, it says, A well-known writer speaks to us of the attitude of the papal hierarchy as regards freedom of conscience and of the perils which especially threaten the United States from the success of her policy. There are many who are disposed to attribute any fear of Roman Catholicism in the United States to bigotry or childishness. Such see nothing in the character and attitude of Romanism that is hostile to our free institutions or find nothing potentious to its growth. Let us then first compare some of the fundamental principles of our government with those of the Catholic Church. The Constitution of the United States guarantees liberty of conscience. Nothing is dearer or more fundamental. Pope Pius IX, in his encyclical letter of August 15, 1854, said, The absurd and erroneous doctrines or ravings in defense of liberty of conscience are a most pestilential error, a pest of all others, most to be dreaded in a state. The same Pope, in his encyclical letter of December 8, 1864, anathemized those who assert the liberty of conscience and of religious worship. Also, all such as maintain that the church should not employ force. End of quote. It is ingrained in Roman Catholicism that when you have, when they have the power they are to use it for a purpose and what's that purpose to bring about the church's aims not long ago we saw the pope requesting from catholic legislators all around the world specifically telling them this word this thing now make sure that whenever you are making laws in whatever country you are that those laws will reflect the church's beliefs not the bible's beliefs now but the church's beliefs in other words, he's encouraging them not to separate church and state. He's telling them to unite church and state that the laws 
of the church should be the laws of the government. And in his encyclical written in 2015, Laudato Si, he said that it is duty of every Christian for the sake of liberty of conscience, listen to his twisting of words now, for the sake of liberty of conscience to ensure that the church's laws are passed as as the government's laws and specifically to ensure that Sunday is made a day of worship by the law of the state. That is what he is saying. When this is done, is that not infringing on people's liberty of conscience? Of course it is. But this is what is building up. And who is going to do it for them? The Catholic Church doesn't have the power it had before. It is apostate Protestantism, represented by that beast which, which looks like a lamb but has two horns. They are going to build an image to the beast. And we are preparing for such a time as this. But what is going to happen at that time? Great Controversy, page 591, paragraph 1. It says, Satan's policy in this final conflict with God's people is the same that he employed in the opening of the great controversy in heaven. He professed to be seeking to promote the stability of the divine government while secretly bending every effort to secure its overthrow. And the very work which he was thus endeavoring to accomplish, he charged upon the loyal angels. The same policy of deception has marked the history of the Roman Church. It has professed to act as the vicegerent of heaven while seeking to exalt itself above God and to change his law. Under the rule of Rome, those who suffered death for their fidelity to the gospel were denounced as evildoers. They were declared to be in league with Satan and every possible means was employed to cover them with reproach, to cause them to appear in the eyes of the people and even to themselves as the vilest of criminals. So it will be now. While Satan seeks to destroy those who honor God's law, he will cause them to be accused as lawbreakers, as men who are dishonoring God and bringing judgments upon the world." End of quote. What was it that Haman accused Mordecai of? He, he was accused as one who was a law breaker who was dishonoring Ahasuerus God of course but what Haman did not know is that God had a way to deliver his people as he will deliver us in these last days Daniel 12 verse 1 says and at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time and at that time thy people shall be delivered everyone that shall be found written in the book reading from Maranatha page 262 paragraph 5 we are told the substitution of the false for the true is the last act in the drama. When this substitution becomes universal, God will reveal himself. When the laws of men are exalted above the laws of God, when the powers of this earth try to force men to keep the first day of the week, know that the time has come for God to work. He will arise in his majesty and will shake terribly the earth. He will come out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the world for their iniquity. The earth shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. And in page 278, paragraph 2 and 3 of the same book, Maranatha, we read, When the protection of human laws shall be withdrawn from those who honor the law of God, there will be in different lands a simultaneous movement for their destruction. As the time appointed in the decree draws near, the people will conspire to root out the hated sect. It will be determined to strike in one night a decisive blow which shall utterly silence the voice of dissent and reproof. 
The people of God, some in prison cells, some hidden in solitary retreats, in the forests and the mountains, still plead for divine protection, while in every quarter, companies of armed men, urged on by hosts of evil angels, are preparing for the work of death. It is now, in the hour of the utmost of utmost extremity that God that the God of Israel will interpose for the deliverance of his chosen. Amen. As it was in the days of Mordecai, Esther finally went to see the king. She organized the banquet and then she called Mordecai, she called the king and Haman. As they came for it, the king knew she had a request and he said, you can come and have the request. And once she had the audience, the next thing was for her to make her request. And she did make her request. In Esther 7 verse 3, it says, Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and for bondwomen, I had held my tongue although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said unto the queen, Who is he? And where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. And the king, arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath, went into the palace garden and Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king then the king returned out of his out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine and Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was then said the king will he force the queen also before me in the house as the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face, and Harbona, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also, the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. But guess what? In the book of Esther 8, the king asked Esther again, Is there another thing I can do for you? Then the king, then Esther said, There are other people around who, like Mordecai, want to kill the Jews. And God permitted that these people should be slain, all of them. And there was a great slaughter. The Jews themselves went and they slaughtered all those who were enemies of the law of God. They utterly destroyed them, but they did not take any of their properties. This represents the coming of the Lord to the earth to deliver his people. We are to be people of faith. There are some things I have not explained now, which will be explained in subsequent devotions, just in case you want to know, for example, you want to understand what is the beast, what is his, uh, the mark, and where is this talk of Sunday and Sabbath and the law of God. Suffice to know this, that we are coming to a time where there is going to be a pushing of the, the, this despising of the law of God. There is going to be a situation where Protestant churches would push forward the idea that the mark of the beast, which is supposed to be the first beast, that is the Roman Catholicism, their mark, which they say is Sunday. You can go and research it. What does the Catholic Church say is their mark? They say their mark is Sunday. And 
there's going to be a time when Protestantism is going to try to enforce around the world that this Sunday should be observed for various reasons. They can use deceptive reasons, oh, climate change, oh, temperance, or the, that there is so much terrorism in the world and it's because p- parents don't have time for their children and then they will insist that it's not just that everybody has time for their children but that they would spe- have a specific day and that day must be Sunday. That is the day that will be used as the day when everybody should have time for family, have time to stay in the home or go to church but Sunday should be a day of rest. But then it will not stop at that. They will move further to say there should be no other day of rest. But the word of God commands, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day, not the first day, the seventh day is the Sabbath. When they come against those who insist on keeping the Sabbath, that is when the Lord will arise to work. It is now left for us to do our part. God will do his part. But we are to be like Mordecai and Esther, who will not cave in. Who will not run away but who will stand firm in the truth doing the will of god and not being afraid of what we, we are threatened with but stand for what is right are you standing right now if you are not standing right now but you are caving in then you will not stand at that time of crisis when the lord brings little tests to us today he's making us to get prepared for that time And if we fail the test, then we are sure that we will fail the test that is coming ahead of us. Let us get ready as the Lord brings about these situations that will need you to confess your faith. Do not fail to confess your faith, but stand firm. In subsequent devotions, as we go to look at the story of Daniel and his friends in Babylon, we will understand more of this matter. But for now, may the Lord bless us and give us that courage today to prepare for that day. Let us pray. Dear Lord in heaven, I pray that these words that have been spoken shall enter into the minds of your children and give them courage and strength that we may be able to stand, all of us, that we may not be afraid of our losses, not even our lives, now, not in the future, but now. Give us the grace to stand that we may do what is right and well-pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Strengthen us and even encourage us that may not be covered so Lord. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. No turning back. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind before me no turning back no turning back though none go with me still I will 
Turn.